Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. We're looking at Genesis chapter 12, and we're starting a new series, and we are in the Old Testament. Praise the Lord. You know, I do believe in the Old Testament. I know there are some churches where they only preach in the New Testament, but I love the Old Testament. In fact, probably my favorite class in college when I was in uh, Bible college was Old Testament. I had a professor, and uh, he had been teaching for over 30 years, and every day when he would come into our class, he would say, God showed me something new. I read over the uh, passage as I do most Sunday mornings. I read over it before the sermon, and I was like, oh, wow, I missed that point. There's another point in God's Word, and the more you study God's Word, the more you're going to learn. And I invite you to look at the life of Abraham. We're going to cover him for the next six weeks. It's chapters 12 through 25 in Genesis. Abraham had quite a life. And there's so much we can learn from his life. Now this here, I don't know if you recognize this, this is the Colonial uh, Parkway. It runs from Yorktown through Williamsburg to Jamestown. And when I was a young man, I had a friend that we were into bike riding. He would come down to my house and we would start in Newport News and we would ride up 17 to Yorktown and we'd spend a little time on Yorktown Beach And then we would hop on this parkway and ride to Williamsburg. And then when we got to Williamsburg, we'd hang out a little bit, and then we'd go to Jamestown. And if we were really creative and really eager, we would take Route 60 back past Bush Gardens. You know, and I've ridden on that now with my kids, and I'm thinking, it is a miracle that I'm alive. (laughs) I mean, how in the world did I ride down 143 and Route 60 on a bicycle? But I will tell you, there were times when I had a little mirror on my bike, on the handlebars, and I could see cars coming, and there were times I just went right into the ditch. I said, you know, it's just going to be easier for me not to take a chance here, because that car looks like it's coming pretty close, and I just ride on into the ditch. But me and this friend of mine, we had some great adventures. We had, you know, some awesome uh, experiences, taking bike rides and journeys and sunburn and and meeting people, and just having fun. And one of my favorite movies is Lord of the Rings. And we read the story about, you know, Frodo and his adventure. Journeys are part of our lives. And they give us just energy and excitement. You know, Abraham had quite a journey. And some of you probably had some great journeys, but the type of journey we want to look at with the life of Abraham is a spiritual journey. God called Abraham to a spiritual journey. And whether you are here today and you are a believer or you're 50, 60, 70, 80, you're not too young to begin a spiritual journey with God. Abraham, as you will see, was older when he started this journey. And the Lord said to Abraham, Abram, he eventually changed his name to Abraham, but I'm probably going to refer to him as Abraham just out of habit. He said, go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house, to the land which I will show you. A spiritual journey begins 
with the one true God. You and I do not find God. God finds us and God pursues us. And God called Abraham. And when God called Abraham, he was 75 years old. And I just want to encourage you, if you're here today, that there is so much time to do things for the Lord. Don't think like, well, you know, many times it takes, it takes time before we just come to our senses. You know, Chris and I were talking, we were joking uh, before service, and we were just talking about, you know, some of the choices that people make and joke about, hey, they'll learn. As they make those choices, they will find out. And as you make choices in life and you learn things and you find yourself getting older and you, you might think, well, if I could do it over again, I might do this different, I might do that. Well, you know what? God's given you wisdom. And now is the time. Because Jesus, think of what Jesus accomplished in three years. Think of what He did. The journey that God calls us on begins at all ages. And I believe God is calling us as a church on a journey. We're on a journey. You know, we've been on a journey. When we started, there were a few people playing music and serving, and now God's given us different ideas and different things to focus on and to build up, and it's a spiritual journey. And part of the excitement of life, the short time that we have to live, is just the relationships that we build, the experiences that we share, and in our common relationship with the one true God who loves us and draws us to ourselves, but yet draws us to die to ourselves and to become unselfish and humble and teachable and to pursue Him. A spiritual journey begins with a step of faith. If you look back at the verse, it says, God told Abraham to go forth from his country, from his relatives, from his father's house to the land which I will show you. You know, I was traveling back and forth to Chesapeake several years ago, and I just loved uh, teaching at the school that I was at. I loved being there. I was tutoring students, and, you know, God was blessing that. It was growing, and I began to pray, and I, you know, the 71 miles that I had to ride every day began to make me question whether or not I was doing what God wanted me to do, if this was practical. And I read this verse. I got up one morning and I read this verse. And I just kind of thought about it. You know, yeah, it's a cool verse. It's one of my favorite, Genesis 12. That's Brother Abraham. You know, it's right up there with Matthew uh, 28, 16 through 20. as being a favorite. And then I went to church and I picked up this little devotional. And in the devotional, it was on this passage. And it says, sometimes God calls us to leave where we're at and to go to a place that He will show us. And the Holy Spirit just put that verse, just it penetrated my soul, and I said, you know what? I, this is God telling me it's time to leave the school, and that God has something else, and I really don't even know what it is. And you would think, you know, knowing how practical and wonderful my wife is, that she would have said, Mark, that's crazy. But actually, Amy, you know, when she heard that, she just started crying, and she... she felt right away that this was a word from the Lord that God was going to move me from that school that I loved and move in another direction. And here we are. You know, eventually that journey led us here. And things began to fall in. They didn't necessarily have, 
you know, all the explanation of why this and that took place at the time. But as time has passed, I could see that God had a plan, even to the fact that we are here and not somewhere else. And God has a plan in your life. And he's led you to where you're at. And I would believe he's drawn you to greater knowledge of him in a greater spiritual journey that you have to step out in faith and just trust him for all the details. And God promised Abraham, he says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and so shall you be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and to the one who curses you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. You know, Amy and I have been to the place where Abraham walked. We've seen the place where, you know, not up close but at a distance because the Islamic faith has built a dome over the area. But we see the place where Abraham offered up Isaac. And we've been to the land of Abraham. And it's just amazing that through this one man that God has, you know, you have the Jewish faith, the Islamic faith actually claims Abraham and then you have Christianity and how this one man had so much influence in the world. And through Abraham, you know, we, the Messiah came through the Jewish faith. God called Abraham when he had no children. And he made him a promise that he would, be a great, he would become a great nation. And he was 75 years old. 75 years old. And God speaks to him and says, leave where you're at, leave your family, leave your land, and I'm going to show you a new land, and through you all nations will be blessed, and not only are you going to have a son, you're going to become a great nation. So there is no limit to what God of the impossible can do. You know, we are sitting here and we wait on God and we listen to the Holy Spirit, and I challenge you, I encourage you to just say, Lord... I'm ready for the adventure. And to just step out in faith and follow Him. Not, you're not following every little detail of a plan that you find like, look, I'm going to do this. It's not a GPS that says you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this. It involves the unknown. It involves things that you cannot see, but you can see the one calling you. And you can have a relationship with God and draw deeper in that relationship with Him, and follow and obey Him, and it's Him you're following. And as you follow Him, your character will be developed. You'll become more like Christ. And the path that you go on, although every little detail might not make sense to you, in the end, you will look back. Because when we get to verse chapter 25, when we get to the end of His story, it says, in God." blessed Abraham in every way. And I heard a man many years ago, I was sitting in a church with a group of people. It was before I met Amy. It was right before it, just right at the, I mean, probably weeks before I met Amy. And, um, and I was feeling kind of, I'll be honest with you, I was feeling kind of bummed out that I was single. I just felt like, you know what, I've, I've dated people, I've had relationships, but here I am, and this guy sitting right in front of me says, I just want to read this verse because it's the way I feel. God, is, God blessed Abraham in every way. He says, I feel like that. I look at my wife. I look at my children. And, and, and the devil says, be jealous. 
And I said, no, I'm going to be thankful because I'm happy for this man. And it was a pivotal point in my life. I said, you know what? I am so happy for you. And I prayed for that guy. His name was Art because it's not about me. You know, even if God never blessed me in that way, even if my life was uh, just really miserable when it came to relationships and those things, I can still be thankful that God had blessed that man because I could see the joy in his face. And then I was sitting down one day and I was just thinking, God, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. And that came back to my memory. And I could see old Art smiling. And I was sharing that smile. You know, because what's important is God. Not getting everything we want, as the speaker said last night, but having that relationship with God and joining Him on that journey. And He's going to bless you. And how He blesses one person might be different than how He blesses another person. And, you know, as you get close to the Lord, you'll find yourself looking at people and you will pray that God would just bless them in tangible ways. And um, I can remember being so discouraged one time when I was in Kansas that I called up an older teacher and, and I was just sharing my heart with him, just pouring out my heart. And he, he just put his hand on me, he started praying for me, and he said, Lord, bless Mark in a tangible way. And that's what a spiritual journey does. But it's a walk of faith. Because as we're going to look at, you know, there are many chapters where Abraham didn't have Isaac. There are many chapters where Abraham did some dumb things. But faith requires believing God to provide even when it's not there. You believe for what's going to happen in the future. Abraham had no son. And God was giving him this huge promise of a nation. And it must have almost felt like God was teasing him. Because he, did, he said, Lord, how shall I, he said this in chapter 15, how shall I become a great nation if I have no child? And what did God say? I don't know. No. Trust me. Trust me. And that's, that's what Abraham heard, and that's what God's inviting us to hear. A spiritual journey promises great rewards even though they might not appear in the beginning. You might have to believe for that by faith. You might have to look towards the future. A spiritual journey promises a great reward. A spiritual journey impacts the world around it. I put that in this morning because I didn't see that the first time I read through it. But as I thought about it and looked at it, I said, wow, God promised Abraham that he was going to bless all nations. See, if God blesses Crossroads, it'll bless Ahoski. If God blesses us, we'll bless higher ground and carpenter shop. We'll bless upper room assembly. It won't be just contained here. It will spill out into the community. If God pours out his blessings on our music, in our worship, in our preaching, in our small groups that we want to get involved in, and in our teaching, and our outreaches and our children's ministry if God blesses us it's going to pour out into the world around us you know we have a speaker coming uh, at the end of the month he's getting ready to go to a country right below Russia called Georgia and he's going to be a missionary he's not coming here to ask for money he's coming here to ask for prayer he's looking for men and women that will pray for him you know because he believes in God's provided all the money he needs it's not a concern. It's not a concern at all. He's taking care of the resources 
But my friend realizes it's a spiritual journey. It's a spiritual darkness over there. There's a pastor down at Winton, uh, Pastor Derek. And Derek has a vision for a country over in the same type of general area. And this man here has been there a few times. You know, and we were talking, and I found out his passion and his love. You know, and I told him, Amy and I have our passport. We're willing to travel. We're not saying, hey, God, you know. There was a time when I used to think, you know what, God, you probably want to send someone younger. And I was just saying, you know, I don't even have a passport. I had 100 excuses. And then somebody called me up one day and said, do you want to go to uh, Israel? I said, yeah, I guess that's something I'd like to do one day. She said, no, I'm asking if you want to go this year. I said, what are you saying? She says, I want to send you and Amy to Israel. So she said, the only thing I need is for you to get a passport. So we went and got a passport. So we're ready, and we went. And God blesses people so that they can bless other people. And the only thing he requires is that we trust him and obey him and step out in faith and not live in fear. So God blesses us. And as he blesses us, we're able to bless other people. So Abram went forth as the Lord has spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And we're going to learn about this fellow Lot. He's a character. Now, Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Don't think you're too old. You know, if, if you miss everything else I say today, just say age doesn't make a difference. God, don't think, you know, calls for missions and calls to do things for the Lord are limited to the young people. You know, God's calling us, and he's not sweating whether we're male or female. You know, he's not sweating our age. He's not sweating our uh, perceived limitations. A spiritual journey requires obedience. We must obey what God calls us to do. Sometimes we don't know. We don't know what the next step is. And so we wait on God and we pray. But as you wait on God and you pray, at some point in time, God's going to make his will known. Somebody used to tell me, don't pray for God's will to consider it. Pray for God's will to do it. Say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? How do I begin a spiritual journey? Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. When you step out in faith to obey God, you're not going to have every detail worked out. Now, I have to tell myself this. That does not mean that planning is evil. That does not mean that details are bad. Planning, organization are all part of the plan. And God gives sometimes the way things work, God gives one person a vision and another person the organizational skills to help out that vision. And that's been the case in my life, you know, with this church. That God has given me some vision and some insight, and I've been surrounded by people like Amy and Tyler and Cass and many of you who've come alongside and you've worked out the details. And then other people, Amy's had visions, and other people have worked out those details. And we need both being carried forth. You know, we need insight. We need visions. We're not afraid of visions and dreams and goals. You know, but all of the visions, dreams, and goals require organization. And many times I've sat at that table with a, with a dream, with a vision. 
And I've had people start asking me questions. Well, what about this? What about that? And without that, you know what? Things would crash. Things would crash. Because there's a lot of details that went into Abraham's life. He didn't just get this vision and walk out there and have that son. I can tell you that now. It didn't just happen. There was a lot of stuff that went on. And Abraham had to learn some lessons. And we're going to see that. Sometimes you have to learn. You have to make some mistakes in order to get to be what you need to be. When you're becoming a band, guys, you've never made a mistake, right? (laughs) There's mistakes that are made. Things are forgotten. And there were things that we could not have anticipated that were going to take place. And it's all part of the process. You know, five, ten years down the road, as you move towards what God wants you to do and where God wants you to be, these little details will make more sense to you. You'll be able to look back. You'll be able to survey, you know, from the journey and see where you've walked. And even your mistakes, God's able to use. That's the power of of God is that he can take the dumb things we do and, and work it to teach us lessons. And many people look at, you know, I've had men tell me, you know, I'm praying for my son. He's got things down the road, and, and they know the journey of life. Was there also a spiritual journey? And the goal of the spiritual journey is to become deeper and closer to God. Because Abraham grew in his relationship with God, and he grew in the impact that he made in the world. So my prayer is that you and I, we would know God and that we would make a huge impact with our lives to reach people for the gospel. By faith, Abraham, when he was, a, when he was called, this is Hebrews 11.8. It's not in Genesis. I did bring the New Testament here today. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance And he went out not knowing where he was going. And that's a good thing. Because who does he know? God. And who is he going to know better? God. You know God better as you walk with him and follow him. You must trust God to begin a spiritual journey. There's two major things you do with a spiritual journey. You trust You place your trust, just like when you sit in that chair, you believe that chair will support you. I could talk about it all day long, but if I'm not willing to sit in that chair, you know, I don't don't truly trust it. I heard a story about a guy who was up there in um, Niagara Falls, who he asked people, do you believe I can walk across a tightrope from one side of this fall to the other? And people said, no, and he did it. And they were like, oh, wow. He said, do you believe I can uh, take a uh, wheelbarrow and push it across? And some people, yeah, you probably, you walked, so yeah, okay. And I don't think so. He did it. So then everybody believed it. This man can walk across Niagara Falls with a wheelbarrow. Then he asked that important question, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? (laughs) Nobody believed. (laughs) Not that much. So trust is getting in that wheelbarrow and going on the journey, you know, Because God can take us to places that make us uncomfortable. Places where we don't feel like we're adequate. Where we feel like we can't do something. Or we feel like we're unable. But those are things that God helps us overcome. 
You must obey God to begin a spiritual journey. Trust leads to obedience. When you trust, you obey. When you obey, you trust. They go back and forth. I, I believe, therefore I obey. I obey, therefore I believe. Trust and obedience are the sign that we have taken the step of faith for a spiritual journey. Whether it's initially, there are two things that happen spiritually to a person. There are events and then there are processes. An event is you going somewhere and you hear the gospel and you place your faith in Christ. That's an event. A process is a way of life. You know, I encourage you to think in terms of the process. That there is a process to becoming a spiritual man or a spiritual woman of God. It's a process, a process that involves faith, trust, and obedience, reading God's Word, praying, connecting to a local church, a group of believers, and growing. A lot of churches focus on events, and there's nothing wrong with events. God has done some wonderful things in my life at events. But if we rely on events, at some point in time, you'll run out of gas. You know, you'll come up, you know, every week. You know, I've been in churches where every week they're trying to just drum up the excitement and get you to make a big commitment and trying to fill the altar with people. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when that's done every single week, you know, it loses its effect. And people sit there like, I've heard this a hundred times before. It's the same old thing. You know what you need in your life is a process. A process that leads to godliness. You know, Abraham, there's some events. We're going to read about one of them, and they're throughout the book of Genesis. Abraham's going to stop and build an altar to the Lord in response. Yes, we respond. We respond to God. We come to the altar, whether it's in your home, whether it's in a church, whether it's at a youth event or a speaking event, and we make commitments. But it's that process, that daily process of surrendering, trusting you know, obeying, surrendering your life to God that allows us to grow spiritually. We must obey God to begin a spiritual journey. Trust. We have to trust that God created the world, that he's our creator. We trust that God sent his son into the world to die on the cross for the sins of the world, and he died for our sins. We trust and believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And we trust that God has promised us an abundant life and eternal life. You know, a lot of young people struggle. They struggle because there's a lot of temptation as a young person. And if you're going to follow Christ, if you're going to take this journey like Abraham and follow and obey Christ, you have to trust God that the things that he promises you in this life are greater than the things that the world promises you. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all those things pass away. And I'm here as many adults in this room, older adults will testify that the things that people, that they pursued when they were younger, those things will pass away. And the things that are important, you know, raising a family, you know, building up family, loving, loyalty, you know, relationships, being connected to a local church and a group of people, and building and working and doing things with integrity. 
all of those things in the long run will exceed the quick, easy, instant gratifications of life. The parties and all of those things, you know, the lifestyle, the, the disregard for God, the, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. Sin is pleasant for a season, but the Christian faith is a long-term investment in an abundant life that leads to an eternal life. And while it might feel difficult to walk away from a physical temptation that tries to lure you in, that if you give in to that, you will be utterly destroyed and broken, and you will beg for God's mercy from a position of brokenness and hurt and pain. Have you not seen people with broken relationships, drug addiction, destroying, that it never looked like it was going to end up. That first choice never looked like it was going to end up. But the person you will be tomorrow, you are becoming today. So your choices do matter. And God promises the abundant life, the eternal life, but it involves sacrifice and denying yourself. And I encourage you to make that choice. People are going to pray for you and love you, whether you make the good choice or the bad choice. But many people are picked up from a drug rehab place or from a divorce recovery class because of choices that did not have to be made. Amen? They did not have to be made. Because God's Word is clear, and when you're young, you have the whole world before you. You have the clean slate. You have the innocence, the clean slate. And even if you made mistakes, the fact that you're here and you're young, you know, you can say, hey, I'm putting the past behind me, like we've talked about, and we can move forward and walk towards the blessings of God, of an abundant life, of eternal life. And not make as many steps. Learning by faith is far better than learning by experience. But God is willing to teach us through experience. Even when we turn away from Him, He allows us to be broken. And then when we cry out to Him, He steps in and He rebuilds. Many people are here in testimony of a second, third, fourth, fifth chance. And God rebuilding their life and helping them. But their heart breaks when they see people make bad choices. Because they know the pain personally, and they want to keep people from it. But they're wise enough and smart enough not to try to force you to make things even worse. Because they remember the people that tried to do that in their lives, and how they didn't listen, and how they plunged ahead. So I'm just going to do it my way. You know, you can't make another person do something, but we can pray for people. Amen. Next thing is obedience. We obey God by repenting of our sins, by receiving God's gift of salvation, by confessing that Jesus is Lord, and by asking Jesus to be the decision maker of our lives. That's what Abraham did. When Abraham left by faith, it was physical. He went from one place to another, but mainly it was spiritual. The one true God became the decision maker of your life, even down to the fact that Abraham was willing to offer up his son, trusting God to provide a lamb, trusting God to raise Isaac from the dead. It started with that step of faith that led to that test of faith. So as we obey and we surrender and we trust God and we begin to 
walk the journey. There's going to be some tests and challenges, opposition and all types of things. But the first step is to step out and follow and obey. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. When you begin a spiritual journey, your life is filled with the worship of the one true God. When you and I surrender our lives to Christ to follow and obey him, it opens us up to be able to worship God and surrender to him. How do you respond to the God you trust and obey? You respond by trust and obedience, which leads to worship. As, uh, there he is. He just shows up. Isn't that, that's perfect timing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I encourage you, guys, I encourage you uh, to pray, and uh, I encourage you to read Genesis chapter 12 today and just... Uh, Seek the Lord. The altar is open as always. If you want to come to the altar and just worship the Lord and um, just surrender, I encourage you to focus on the two words that we talked about today: trust and obedience. You know, they're two two separate you know two separate things, but yet they're one. To ask God, am I trusting you in every area of my life? Do I trust your goodness, your mercy, your love? And then, am I obeying? And to just surrender spiritually, just have a surrender of those areas of your life to the Lord so that when you walk out here, you are, you're, you're laying down on the altar. You, you have offered yourself to God, just like Abraham offered up that sacrifice to God in thanks as a symbol of his obedience and willingness to obey, that you and I would do the same thing spiritually here today, you know, five, six thousand years later, we just say, Lord, I am yours. I am your sacrifice. I trust you. I'm willing to obey you. Where do you want me to go? And then as God leads, that you would just um, obey him. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.